and welcome to Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And with the release of Disney Plus, and with a lot more time in our hands due to lockdown, and because we generally dislike each other a lot, we've decided to give ourselves a lockdown Disney Plus challenge. Now, here each one of us has anonymously nominated a film for the other to review. It may be Undiscovered Gold. It may be a Pandora's box full of shit. Hopefully, we're going to find out. Now, first up is Joel. Uh, now, now, what Joel's going to do is he's going to talk through the film, give his verdict, and then try and guess who nominated it for him. But before we get started, just like to remind everyone to share, to subscribe, and to like for more lovely film-related content. Okay, Joel. Okay, so my film, the first thing I saw was the poster, which is a little child on a Segway with a polar bear on a dog lead, back <laughs> to me. Um, and and the, the title of the film is Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. So apparently <laughs> it's actually based on a, a whole series of child's novels. Um, it's about a little kid uh, called Timmy who is a... I don't know why so many Disney films have this, but he's a private detective. Um, and the polar bear is his imaginary friend and it's kind of implied that he's imaginary because um, his dad left the family so I thought that was pretty cool to be honest you don't really get that kind of level of depth in in some ways (laughs) no you don't Um, (laughs) and it's basically about you know he he investigates a bunch of things there's like a dead hamster Um, there's a few kind of bits and bobs going on with the school Uh, and it it, it's one of those films where, uh, you know, he kind of messes things up. Like, he, he gets, I think, suspended from school for three days. Uh, his mum shuts down his private detective agency. And then at the end, it all kind of comes full circle. Uh, and he takes his uh, imaginary polar bear to the zoo. Um, but, but, but then, like, his, his friend who believes in him, he he kind of goes with him to bust the polar bear out the zoo when he has a change of heart. Uh, and then somebody, like, bumps into the polar bear and says, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, can you stop saying polar bear? He, <laughs> he, he takes his imaginary friend, his imaginary polar bear friend. His imaginary polar bear friend. In a, in a real zoo. He's like, fuck this off. I'm going to take my polar bear to the zoo now because his <laughs> right. detective agency has been shut down. And then, sure. like, later on, like, some... I can't. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but some decent stuff happens. So he says, actually, I can't remember. Um, all, all, all I seem to remember is that, like, he kind of cracks the case, like inadvertently. You know, he just kind of stumbles upon it, and then he's like, actually, you know, fancy getting my polar bear back. So he goes, he goes with his mate to break his polar bear out the zoo, and then somebody bumps into the polar bear on the way back. So it's kind of like. Is his polar bear imaginary after all? And it's like, well, no, because somebody bumped into him. So they're the thinking is that this kid is just walking around with a fucking polar bear. That's real. <laughs> nobody <laughs> says then, anything no, at all. Nobody says anything like at all. Um, and then, so yeah, at the end, he he basically gets his uh, you know his private detective agency back together. Um, his polar bear is real, and he's basically <laughs> he's basically campaigning. Uh, to allow polar bears to go to school. Um, So so that's essentially uh, the end of the film. 
it sounds like not much happens because really not much does. But what I will say is that this film was only released in February 2020, so it's a it's a relatively um, new film. It's got some like really decent actors in it. Really, it's got a who's it got? Kyle Bornheimer, the guy from Thingio. Uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's what I was. The thing you, oh, the, right, yeah, the sequel yeah, yeah. to the thing. It's got Craig Robinson, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> who people may know as uh, Daryl from the American Office. Um, oh really? Got, yeah, yeah. It's got um, Ophelia Lovibond, who's uh, Timmy's mother, who um, is in Guardians of the Galaxy and various other things. You would actually recognise her if you googled the character. Um, so the, the acting is actually all right as well. And you know what? As bad as the plot sounds, like it's about a polar bear, it's actually an all right film. And I'll tell you the the ratings on IMBD. Sounds like, sounds like you pretty much you pretty, you got lucky on this one. You you actually I, I, you know what? I saw the poster and I thought this actually looks all right. And I, I, I think <laughs> you know if if you had you know like a nephew or a niece or whatever and you didn't want to watch you know something like Frozen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'd enjoy this. Yeah, and it's and it's one of them films where, you know, a parent would enjoy it as well. So it's actually rated pretty highly. I think eighty six percent it's rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that you yeah. mainly, Joel? Is it called again? Timmy Timmy Failure. Uh, Timmy Failure, mistakes were made. Um, so it's apparently it's it's like a kid's thing called Timmy Failure. He's like a little private detective. Um and the, the CGI, you know, the polar bear is obviously all CGI. The CGI is really good as well. Um, so I really wasn't, you know, expecting it at all, considering we were all giving each other pretty bad films. I was actually entertained while watching it. I think I would watch this on repeat for three days rather than watch Bone Alone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I got, got off quite easily. Um, I, I would say, you know, out of 10, if I had to give it like an out of 10, I would probably give it, you know, if you're a kid, I would probably give it like a, a seven out of ten. To be honest, I think wow. it's actually all right. Um, so I did actually look on IMBD for trivia, and there are three things listed, which are pretty <laughs> poor, um, you know, aspects of trivia. But the first one is Kyle Bornheimer and Craig Robinson both had recurring characters on Brooklyn Nine Nine as Teddy Wells and Doug Judy, respectively. That's the first bit of trivia for you. <laughs> the second one is the brother of the actor who plays Timmy is also a Disney star. And the third one is this is first. This is the first Disney live-action film of 2020 to be rated PG. Um, so, you wow. know, there's some really interesting facts for you <laughs> uh, if you are interested in... Um, I always want to call him Timmy Mallet, but it's Timmy Failure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you know, overall, I would say, yeah, it, it, it's a good watch. You know, if you if you are looking for something with, you know, a, li a little kid and you don't want to watch like a cartoon or something that you've seen tons tons of times before, I think children will actually enjoy this. Uh, especially the polar bear aspect, as I say, that the the CGI and stuff is great. The acting is definitely passable. Um, so you know, because of the fact that it seems like it's an all right film. I've basically scribbled out Gav and Alex from the list in terms of those, <laughs> those people who recommended it to me. So that's why I say I narrowed it down to Ozzy and, and, and Dave. Um, and I think I'm going to go with Ozzy, but we'll, we'll see what happens at the end. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm next up. 
The film that was nominated to me was called Can of Worms. Uh, looking at the poster for this, I could tell straight away that this was not going to be a hidden gem. <laughs> it's, it's two young teens at the bottom giving those sort of like expressions. right? Uh, and then at the top, there's a giant slug with human teeth wearing shoes with socks uh it's coming out of some sort of portal that looks just like a tire essentially and right at the very bottom there's a post there's a little sticker to say that this is a disney channel original movie as if you know like they were afraid somebody else was gonna claim it i've just seen it this is this is absolutely genius (laughs) so (laughs) the story is about this young lad called Mike Pillsbury, who tells these elaborate stories to his friend, uh, his best mate, who looks a little bit like Judge Reinhold Jr., uh, and some biff kid about an alien race from a distant planet that has been decimated by another alien race. He wonders if he is one of them. Uh, and, you know, he's just uh, been you know, sent to Earth, maybe. Imagine Superman but without any of the powers or charisma, and maybe that's this kid. Uh, He's a bit of a loner, and he's bullied at school by this one punk, and he gets knocked out in a football match, and he has visions of aliens, and he's like, oh, are my stories true, or are they all in my head? Who knows? So he pranks the bully in his IT class, uh, um, and then the high school head cheerleader asks for his help decorating the school Halloween party because they've hardly got a budget and they want his help decorating it and making it look dead high tech. Uh, And that basically is like cue for a montage of them setting up loads of gadgets, which look like an old Star Trek episode set, but recreated by Blue Peter presenters. <laughs> then the bully sabotages the tech. Mike looks like a complete divvy. So he sends an SOS signal out via the giant satellite in his back garden to aliens saying that he doesn't feel at home. And he asks them to come and get him. Right. So so far, so shit. This actually sounds like your type of film. Yeah, I know. It's right. It sounds like someone thought, oh, I've got Gav in this. Maybe I should find something he's going to really enjoy. (laughs) Well, I struggled, to be honest. Uh, Next up, you get help arriving in the form of a talking dog with the voice of Malcolm McDowell. (laughs) Right up your street. Is it genuinely Malcolm McDowell? It is Malcolm McDowell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which just proves oh to show God. you that Malcolm McDowell will literally appear in anything. <laughs> uh, and he basically comes through this wormhole that's opened up in, in Mike's uh, bedroom, and he tells him that he's in trouble because Air is now not protected by the Intergalactic Federation or something like that. I can't remember. Um, so he's having none of it, and he just assumes that, oh, this talking dog's all in my imagination, so he goes on. And then he's visited by a succession of aliens, including a creature called the Bomb, who slops out of a wormhole toilet, looking like a great head. Uh, he, he's an intergalactic lawyer, looking to get Mike millions of intergalactic credits it damages. There's also an alien who wants to manage him and get him space interviews, book deals, TV series, blah, blah, blah. That's the alien from the phone cover with the shoes and socks. And then there's like an alien fish head that wants to go on a date with him or something. It's all, all these different wormholes are opening up and all these different aliens are coming out wanting to talk to him, essentially. And then, then 
the little Biff kid from the beginning that he was telling stories to gets abducted by an alien called the Thode, who is essentially like the collector from the MCU. Uh, but he's not played by Benicio Del Toro. He's played by some Disney Channel actor. And then Mike, Judge Reinhold Jr., the cheerleader and the talking dog, ask the bully to bait out the Thode so they can follow him into his own galaxy through his, his own separate wormhole. They do that, and they find that the Thode keeps loads of different aliens and specimens in cages, including the alien race from Mike's stories at the beginning. So he's like, oh, shit, maybe I am an alien. Anyway, they free all of the aliens, and they flee back to Earth. But the Toad, sorry, the Thode follows them. <laughs> he's about to brutally murder Mike. <laughs> But then the talking dog calls the space police. <laughs> oh my god! From another portal. And you give me a, I'm, get, I'm getting like a suit. My brain is like sounds more like Rick and Morty, to be honest. Then yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, summing it all up, weeks later, the dog visits to say the Earth is now once and again protected by the by the Intergalactic Federation. The hostages have all been freed, and Mike's a hero. And Mike realizes once and for all that he doesn't. Uh, want to leave Earth, and he feels at home there after all. Is this so a kid's film? film? This what? is a kid's film. And all of that stuff about the, the Thoad and all, all the danger and stuff. I liked it better when it was a Toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it, I think the joke is that it is a Toad, but it's said by somebody with a lisp. Uh, the, the, all of that action, though, that comes in the last 15 minutes of the film. The rest of it is just like... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> How long uh, is it? Uh, like an hour and 20 minutes, uh, which is about an hour too long. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I just, I've picked out some highlights. I, I honestly... What, 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 where does the can of worms come into it? Like, well, the thing is, is that like sending an SOS syst, uh, signal to uh, just space opened up this can, can of worms where all these different aliens want to come and talk to him because because he says he doesn't feel at home. They all want to give him a home. And the reason that he's not, Earth is no longer in this intergalactic federation or whatever, it's not being protected by them, is because they think that they've got uh, life forms on Earth intelligent enough to send out these messages. And they're saying, well, if the, you, you know, life forms are intelligent enough to do that, they can protect themselves. And Mike's trying to say, no, it was an accident. I didn't mean to send it out. It just lightning hit my um, satellite dish. Uh, like, so some of the highlights of the music throughout sounds like it was lifted from 3D Movie Maker. It's just like absolutely tinny. Um, it was clearly somebody had written this film who's never used a computer in the slightest bit. It was this was made in 1999, yeah. And there's a scene in an IT class where the hero Mike and the bully send each other insults and little gifts and whatever uh, across the room by simply putting a floppy disk into their computer and pressing enter. And then, you know, like, it, <laughs> by doing that, you're able to change lights. You're able to send emails <laughs> to people in different rooms. You know, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I said before about setting up the decorations for the high school Halloween prom. Yeah. Those decorations were some of the cringiest shit I've ever seen. It was essentially just like a revolving platform in the middle of the school hall with a load of different things on it, like old projectors and a couple of CD players and like a disco ball. And like the kids come into this 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 hall and they see that and they're like, oh my God. It's like, you know, these kids have never seen anything in their life at all. And this, you know, this is very exciting for them. Uh, 
it, it was it was very painful to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got some I got some trivia though. So um, after so I've, I've lifted this from Wikipedia. So after her first rewrite of the film script, Kathy Mackle was replaced by a new writer who did three rewrites. However. Disney were not impressed with the script and rehired Mackle, although very few of her suggestions were used for the script. Mackle subsequently contested for sole screenwriting credit on the script and won through the Writers Guild arbitration process. So essentially, she nearly took Disney to court to get her name put on this film. <laughs> I don't know why. I do not know why. Anyway, uh, the, the, the film was... Yeah, exactly. Both feet. The <laughs> film was originally shown in 1999, but then wasn't re-shown for another seven years. <laughs> it was only shown two more times before it was put onto Disney+. Plus. So and now that's, it's there on Disney+. It Plus. Just, just so they Disney can Plus. say we've got thousands of films on, but one of them <laughs> oh, no. is <one> <laughs> Can of Worms. And another one's... Timmy failure mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, the, the the biggest mistake was that this film was actually made. Uh, <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes score thirty eight, IMDb score five out of ten. Which uh, there's only about seven hundred reviews for it, and I can only imagine that most of them have come from the cast and crew. I, I think it was awful. It was painful. Usually, I really like terrible films, but I think this was a step too far. You know, it wasn't even so good that it's bad sort of thing. It was just pretty bad. That has never stopped you before. That has never, <laughs> ever stopped you. I was, I was able to still sit through it. And Sounds I like it's what you deserve, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would watch Color Webs at two if it did come out. Um, so, who nominated it for me? Uh, uh, actually, actually, firstly, what would I give it out of 10? I'd say a solid two. Solid juice. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as like Bulaquo, which is which is oh. definitely a one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit better uh, than that. Um, who nominated it? You know, it could have been any of you heartless bastards, but I think Dave probably would have gone a bit easy on me for some reason. I think that he probably would have nominated an all right film, you know, like a film that maybe he thought was good as a kid, you know, and he thought it was a bit of a hidden gem. I think, I think Alex. Maybe he, thought, maybe he did think Can of Worms was a hidden gem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Dave oh, loved that film. I, all I'm thinking is, you know, you know that thing about you know this infinite uh, realities with infinite possibilities. I think you know maybe there's one reality where ET just never existed, and this <laughs> is like <laughs> ET. <laughs> and people are talking about this film, looking back, saying, "Oh my god, this was like a childhood favorite of mine." Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think I think Alex probably would have given me something terrible with a young Kate Rustling just to punish me. Uh, so that <laughs> leaves Ozzy and Joel. Uh, it, it could have been. I think I think it's Joel. To be honest, I think it, it was very very bad, and I think Joel is more ammo in the tank, and more reasons to want to punish me. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was Joel. Anyway, Mate, yeah. man, if that's your standard, we've all got a lot of ammunition. You know? <laughs> we've got a lot of wounds and a lot of ammunition. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave. Okay, yeah. So the film that I was allocated, and you know what, I. I yeah, my eyes lit up when I saw this to a degree. They, they quickly dimmed back down again. But I was allocated 1976's The Shaggy DA. As in District Attorney. As in District Attorney. Yeah, as in The Shaggy <laughs> District Attorney. 
Essentially, this is a sequel to uh, the 1960s film The Shaggy Dog, which was a Disney classic. It's about a kid that, that steals this space, this enchanted <laughs> ring from a museum, and he gets turned into a dog as punishment. <laughs> Classic, right? You know, it's 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 yeah. uh, it, it's up there. Now, uh, years later, the kid's grown up, so it's the same kid, and he's uh, yeah, that's the, that's the cover. That's it. That's it. The kid has grown oh. up now and is running for DA. He's a successful lawyer. Um, he's married. He has a son. Um, but someone steals the ring again reads out the inscription and it all starts happening to him again. He starts transforming into a dog. Actually, just to, just to clarify, he doesn't so much transform into a dog as he becomes a dog that's near, the nearest dog to him at that point in time. <laughs> so he, he actually becomes the ice cream man's dog who is outside in the ice cream van, which seems very unsanitary by today's standards. But Tim Conway, <laughs> Tim Conway is the ice cream man who is outside and his dog fades away disappears and the DA transforms slowly like American werewolf in London, only not, not nowhere near as good transformation into this English sheepdog, which is what you see there. And you get this hybrid <laughs> mix of, you know, when he's first transforming, it's just cotton wool stuck to the poor actor's face, you know, very, <laughs> very poor. Makeup. Uh, and then you, maybe you might get here the actor in a full English sheepdog suit. You know, which um, for the close-ups, it's all—it's actually not a bad suit if you're just looking at the face or the or the paws. But when you see like a full shot of him jumping out of a fourth-story window, grabbing onto a <laughs> rope and climbing down it, then it's like that's clearly a, a stuntman in a suit, you know, or driving a car even. But then the rest of the shots are actually done with a real English sheepdog, which they must have trained and must have had the patience of a saint. Is all I'm saying. They didn't—they didn't, uh, didn't, pro didn't prove a sheepdog out of the fourth floor. They did. They, they opted against it. They were, they were okay. The throw a human out of the story window but uh, not a dog now so does he keep like turning into the dog like at whenever will, anyone or... whenever anyone reads the inscription on the ring Oh. He transforms back into the dog. So this hasn't happened <laughs> to him for years. And obviously the D, the incumbent DA who he's running against gets wind of this, gets the ring and starts <laughs> dicking with him <laughs> at public meetings when he's trying to give a speech to like the, I think it's like the American version of the Women's Institute. He's trying to speak to at one point. Um, so he's trying to get the ring back while, you know, turning into a dog every now and again. Um, he, he enlists the help of Tim Conway, whose ice cream, whose dog keeps disappearing and turning into this DA. And he can still speak when he's a dog, by the way. Cue a lot of slapstick where Tim Conway thinks he's in the money because he's got a talking dog, takes him into a bar only for the curse to ebb away. It goes away after about 15 minutes or so. So he's left with his actual dog again at this point who can't speak to him even if it wanted to. Um, and cue one of the best threats of violence, I think, in cinema history ever. Listen, Mr. No, listen, Sherbet Head. You're really starting <laughs> to steam me. <laughs> you clearly lost your marbles. Maybe I'll help you lose some teeth too. <laughs> I think that is the best threat I have ever heard in cinema. <laughs> so yeah, essentially this film, it's not actually that bad. I mean, it's terrible, but there is such a well-meaning charm to this film. This is why I think I actually got off quite lightly when you think what could be out there. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it stars Dean, uh, Dean Jones. I think is it Dean Jones, bear with me, who, um, a bit of trivia for you, actually went on to play the bad guy in Beethoven. 
He just loves his Disney dog movies. This guy, he was, <laughs> he was the evil vet in Beethoven. And is Dean Jones, by the way, uh, who was a Disney legend. He appeared in so many uh, Disney films. Like, you know, there is um there is an award given out. That's not just me saying he's a Disney legend. Disney do actually give awards to people who've made outstanding contributions to cinema and to, uh, to the parks <laughs> and things like that. And yeah, they get a little award. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for this and all the other, he did quite a few Disney films with him. He was also a singer and did, uh, did quite a lot of good work for Disney. Whether you count this amongst his good work, I'm not so sure. Um, the director... Well, someone did to do it, you know. Well, I mean, someone it was good did. for another actor. <laughs> <laughs> the director of this film is Robert Stevenson. Um, Oscar-nominated director Robert Stevenson, who also directed uh, Mary Poppins, was his Oscar nomination. Uh, he also did Bedknobs and Broomsticks, uh, the Herbie movies, like The Love Bug. Um, yeah, it, he actually, I read some trivia about him personally when I think it was Variety magazine did a poll of like the uh, the top 100 rental movies in America. And this was in 1976, I think the year before, a year after Shaggy D.A. came out. He actually had 17 entries in the top rented films in America, more so than any other director, more than Hitchcock, more than Kubrick, more than anyone. Oh I mean, like Kubrick was still going at that point. But no, it was this guy for his family films had more rentals and Shaggy D.A. became his 17th to enter the top 100 most rented films wow. in America. It, it was actually, it did all right for itself in the box office. It did pretty well. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't overlooked. It's acting is actually not bad, given how poor this premise is and how bad this script is. You've got Dean Jones, who, who was a class act, Tim Conway, who is, you know, American musical entertainer uh, at his best. You know, it's got Dick Van Patten as well. And it's got a decent Suzanne Plachette, I think is in it. It's got a decent supporting cast. It's actually this film strength now, whereas it may have been entertaining back in the 1970s. I don't know. It's strength now is in its charm. Some of the jokes still hold up. Not very many do, to be honest with you. It is dated quite poorly and not in a negative, not in a, an unpleasant way, but it's just gotten quite old. I think some of the, the, the bits with the dog where I said, you know, sometimes it's in a suit and you got a guy with the paws, a bit like bone alone keeps getting mentioned, but you know, it's just like dog paws on a stick that they were trying to make yeah, it look like the yeah. dog was interacting <laughs> with objects. In this, being an English sheepdog, it's a, it's a bigger dog. It's a more shaggy dog. So they're able to get an actor to have like gloves on. So like dog gloves. <laughs> and there's this great bit where Tim Conway's like talking to himself about how much money he's going to make out of his talking dog. Cue his dog, an actual dog looking at him, panting, and the actor's hand just like reaching for the door handle, trying to get out of the car. <laughs> and it was actually quite good. Comic timing-wise, it was actually quite well done. So this film has its gems. It's not great. It could have been so much worse. It's it's <laughs> got a real charm to it, though. A real charm. If anyone anyone's got any questions about it, um, no, no. no. What would you give no. it out of ten? Out of ten, I would give it a solid five. It is straight down the middle. Average in my mind. I think it's dated. I don't think kids would be that. I think I don't think it's sharp enough for kids today to be entertained by it. Unfortunately, I think this the charm of this is in the nostalgia. So um, who, who do you reckon nominated you for this? Uh, well, uh, just to give you a bit of background, actually, Rotten Tomatoes, I've just checked, gave it 50% as well. So straight down the middle. IMDb, 5.9. So this is a dead set average film. And you know what? I, I like dogs. I've got one just like two meters away from me having a kip right over there. I like dogs. And whoever nominated this film for me, I think knows I like dogs. And knows I like old films and nostalgic films. So I think it's quite a kind choice. Which again, like Gav was saying, rules out some people straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was Aussie. I think also a fellow dog lover, 
He's a kind man. And he's a kind man <laughs> and a fellow dog lover. It's I kind think of this a may man. have come from him. <laughs> so I think I think Austin may have nominated me this one. Uh, Dave, just a quick question. Uh, if they were to remake the Shaggy DA, who would you yeah. like to see playing the DA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Disney Channel himself, Tim Allen, get yourself out of retirement. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they did make we make the uh, the Shaggy Dog, didn't they? With the, with Tim Allen, I did. I think they did actually. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they did. So and, he would um, be the, the perfect choice to. Uh, yeah, to I, I remember that because I, I watched it uh, just by accident. Uh, well, I say by accident. Obviously, it wasn't an accident. It was uh, <laughs> quite recently, <laughs> and uh, I did yeah. for, completely forgot that Robert Downey Jr. is in it, and he plays the bad guy. I think it was like the year before Iron Man came out. <laughs> <laughs> so he literally went from the very, very bottom of his career to the top yeah. in the space of like twelve months. Uh, yeah. In conclusion, it's terrible, but it's brilliant. It's just, it's a nice film. It really is. Lovely stuff. Okay, Alex? Okay, so uh, my one, um, I think basically some son of a bitch. I'm going to go away from what Dave was saying. Uh, my one's called... <laughs> The Country Bears. So it was, oh, nice. it's, uh, the, the synopsis on IMDb is... They're the same bears that have the jamboree in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was the Barry Barrington goes on an adventure to save Country Bear Hall by getting the Country Bears back together for a re- reunion concert. So basically the film was based on... This, well, Dave, you, have you been there? Have you actually been to Disneyland? Disneyland, to, yeah, when I was seven. Country Bears. I saw, I yeah, saw so the, the Country Bear Jamboree, yeah. Yeah, so it's when like you, an attraction. When you're seven, it's great. Yeah, but they decided to make a film about it. So I think it's been going from the 70s, this attraction, and it's just like a lot of animatronics and bears basically on stage pretending to be some sort of like country band and they do a concert and there's other things in the in the audience chamber that, you know, it sounds like a really bad attraction. And it's like, why would you make that into a film? You know, and <laughs> but, they, but they decided to. Uh, I think they, yeah, so basically this kid, uh, this little bear, <laughs> is a part of a human family and realizes that he's very different and doesn't quite fit in. But his favorite, his favorite band ever are the country bears. They're called literally the country bears who, um, you know, from the seventies or something, and he really loves their music. So he decides to run away from home because his brother makes fun of him and says, you're not like the rest of us because you're a bear. And then (laughs) (laughs) so he gets on a bus and just gets on a bus and goes to this country bear hall, which is, I guess, what the attraction was, country bear jamboree or whatever. And it's all a bit, you know, it's all it's all gone downhill. And it's basically it's like almost famous. Do you know what I mean? But like if they were doing a reunion with the with the band and getting them all back together. So it goes the, the the halls go the halls being um demolished by no no less than the villain Christopher Walken, who's going who wants wow. to come in and I know wants wow. to come in and um smash it all down and demolish it for some reason or other. So to save it, they obviously decide to get the country bears back together. So the next fifty minutes of the entire film is going to every single bear in the country bears <laughs> like, doing their entire story involving a song with someone like some Disney, some Disney person, you know, and it's like some Disney person from 2002 who you don't even know. And like, obviously it was big then, but I was just never even heard of. And they just go from person to person to person uh, doing that basically, sorry, bear to bear to bear to bear to bear doing that. And then at the end of the film, it just got, it just loses its shit completely. It loses. It just like at one point you, they're trying to put the bear concert together to save the hall, and you're like, okay, great, this is coming to an end. 
and then Christopher Walken gets a gun out. <laughs> and honestly, that's when it was like, this is pretty good, actually. He well, takes like a, a handheld gun or a hunting rifle. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like bear tranquilizer darts he's got on him. And he, like, he, he, takes, he takes them hostage. Do you know what I mean? So he goes from like, a property developer to like a kidnapper who's gonna shoot. Do you know what I mean? Like, just got this idea of putting the bears down one by one and like kneeling them down and like, <laughs> putting one in their ears. And like, and then uh, you know, so they save the bears. They do a concert. Everyone's happy. Bear hall is saved, and the country bears are back together. It, it's it's honestly awful. This had a budget of thirty five million dollars <laughs> 35 million dollars and it made 18 18 million dollars back i mean i don't I, yeah no it would make more sense i don't know how it managed to make 18 million dollars to be honest that's a serious feat for, for this film go on gav what what, what did you did you want to ask something i was gonna say how did they save the bears because you know like you've, you've got them being taken hostage oh, and then it's just like just when you think it's going to all end, there's like a chase sequence in in cars where like Christopher Walken's put them in the things and then these run off for no reason whatsoever. And then they just basically smash through into it. it it's not, do you know what I mean? It's not high octane storytelling. It's not like they, they thought, how can we save these bears from, you know, what would be a believable way of doing it? They just have this rubbish chase sequence, basically. It's, it, it just turns into stuff happening. So how, but, how old is this film? 2002. So oh. it's this is the year before they changed, they put the um the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I was thinking you know, Christ- it must be quite old for Christopher Walken to get involved. Yeah, well that's my trivia actually. It was his first Disney film for Christopher Walken ever. And he didn't go back to Disney for 14 years until he did the Jungle Book, basically. He, uh, you know, the, 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 there are highlights to this film, so it wasn't like I couldn't watch it all the way through. It was kind of entertaining. It is like something we could put on when we go away for our weekends away because it is just funny. The bear costumes, it's not animated because it's 2002. So they're like animatronic. <laughs> you know, like when they just can't do expressions at all. So their expressions they can do is just like surprise. And that's it. That's basically <laughs> it. So they can talk and they can look surprised. And just some some of the dialogue in it when the, when when it's just the bear... Bear Bebbington, Ted Bebbington looking surprised for another time is just, just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> also, this the supporting cast, Elton John pitches up in this point. Oh in my god. As himself. Queen Latifah has a role, has a role in the film as a barmaid, and then comes back later on as Queen Latifah, which just isn't explained whatsoever either. And Dave, something you'd like. Guess who drives the bus? As someone you would like, Dave, but was oh, driving the bus. I can't begin to imagine who drives the bus. <laughs> it's MC Ganey, Dave. The, the pilot out of the pilot I love out of MC Ganey. Pilot out of Connor, and I just watched yeah. the Mighty Ducks the other day. I, I love MC oh, Ganey. And uh, yeah, and another thing, another thing that keeps sort of keeps you going is this. This also weird thing that obviously they're like country singers that have fallen on hard times. So they had to get around the idea of, do you know what I mean, like the drugs thing, do you know what I mean, which is obviously what happens to a lot of uh, <laughs> bands. So, so they substitute coke for honey. So, this, <laughs> so one of his, one of the bears has a serious honey problem and can't, can't stop, can't stop oh having God. honey. Please, oh, yeah. please tell me that it's just him with a teaspoon of honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a really fit bear, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh, 
Oh my, god. oh my god, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, so it's it is it kind of is brilliant, but it's also an hour and a half long, which is just you know too long for a film to to the, the, the low lights are just the dialogue is just appalling. Like it's meant to be funny. Like it's got the guy. What's every you know Raymond's brother and everybody loves Raymond. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's in it. He's a Brad bear Garrett. as well. Yeah, that's the one. So they try and uh, they try and keep the the jokes coming, but it's just not funny at all. No one did a script for it, I don't think. And it's just like the Disney vacation of country as well is just is pretty bad. So I'm going to say it's an awful film. My verdict for it would be, I think I'd give it one out of, no, maybe, maybe two or three out of ten, <laughs> to be honest. Just because it's technically, you know, the, you know it's, it's not appalling. It's not bone alone level of awfulness, but it is. It, it's Roger, that bone alone or Bulaquo? Country Bears every single time. <laughs> I mean, every every single time. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets twenty nine percent, and on IMDb, it got a uh, four point one. So it's it's absolutely appalling. I am gonna say, for me, because because mainly it's the person I've talked to mostly about country music. And they're just a general son of a bitch. I'm going to go with Dave. <laughs> 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 just because I think, you know, I know I sort of had this suggestion of doing a Disney Plus, and I think, you know, Dave might have just been taking it back out on me, which is uh, <laughs> it's completely, completely fair. I did, as soon as I saw Country Bears, I don't know, Dave just popped into my head. So, um, yeah, that's I do that's love who country and for. I do love bears. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so uh, last up, Austin. Well, I had the absolute delightful uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. This is the film that, <laughs> that made Sean Connery. This is what there's a young Sean, Sean Connery doing his, his best Irish impression. Um, you know, looking looking super devilish with his eyebrows. And you know what? I have never been more upset in you guys in all my life. Winston <laughs> <laughs> sent, uh, sent me the request, and at the same time he said, um, I'm really sorry, I think yours looks like the worst. <laughs> 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 and um, it, it's taken me four sittings um, to get past the first 20 minutes. <laughs> and then this morning, I just had to bite the bullet and watch it all in one go. And um, my God, it's uh, it's not aged well. It's from 1959. It's, um, <laughs> it, it had, you know, I, I think it had sort of promise, but it's so riddled with stereotypes. You know, um, there's a scene. I think it lasts almost almost 11 minutes long. It felt of him playing the violin. This uh, this guy Darby Darby uh, O'Gill. That's the way you said it, it felt. 11 minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I forgot to time it, I, and I, I really wasn't going to skip back to try and, uh, to try and work out how long it took. I thought I'm through it now. And it, but it, it wasn't even like pretending well. He just had hold of the violin and just kept moving his hand back and forth. And um, th- there are some bits, there are some redeeming factors actually, because um, you can believe that the little people uh, are real. You know, they're not how real. Little, but, how little know, are we talking? Like, like two like leprechauns yeah oh so they are, are they leprechauns oh yeah it's riddled with stereotypes yeah so uh, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's darby o'gill sean connery no no um so darby o'gill is like um darby o'gill is i can't remember the guy's name uh albert sharp okay so it's uh i i, I assume he was a, a big actor at the time so it's him there's janet monroe sean connery and uh i'm trying to think of the other sort of main guy estelle winwood she was like a bit of a 
which he carried. There were faces that were familiar, but I didn't really know them, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah um, this film is just woeful. And, and it was uh, one thing that really annoyed me was actually um, the audio in- instantly when I was watching it on Disney+. Plus. And I was like, that's why it took me so long, because um, there's loads of overdubbing. But then today, after I finished watching it, I did a little re- bit of research. It turns out Disney Plus has redubbed it, or Disney redubbed the entire movie because uh, people couldn't understand the Irish accents that were used oh my God. in the original. So uh, there's a lot of uproar about that, and that's actually one of the things that, that was annoying me was how out of sync the, uh, the, the audio was. There's a few, uh, few highlights of this film, though, is um, the special effects. It was a scene, like, you know, I was sort of drifting out because it's very ploddy, ploddy type storytelling. There's a lot of, uh, still a lot of dialogue and, and horrible, uh, horrible accents. But the main guy, I think the main guy does an all right job of just being, you know, a stereotypical old Irish man. There's a little quote about him. So he's, a, he's like a caretaker for um, the wealthy landlord. And the landlord comes back to find him, meets his daughter, and say, oh, you know where Darby is? Um, she says, oh, he's probably out, you know, doing the, doing the, doing the lawn. He's going to get the scythe sharpened or something. And then um, this is when you meet Sean Connery. So Sean Connery's been brought in to uh, to take over, looking after the uh, looking after the estate. And Sean says, oh, well, you know, what's up with this Darby? This Darby character. And he says, oh, nothing. He just uh, I think he retired five years ago and forgot to tell me. This sort of thing, and he'll be down in the pub telling stories, you know, cutscene, and he's in the he's in the pub and he's telling a story about catching the king of the leprechauns, and it's just and it, it basically oh. this guy does capture a leprechaun. He caught one when he was younger, and um and now he has this like little bantery trade off with the the king of the leprechauns and some like little <laughs> game between them. Um, Has it got one of those? Um... You know, Disney have got some warnings on some of the films, though, haven't they? Saying, like, you know, we <laughs> no, apologize no, for No, it didn't. They should have had. <laughs> yeah. They really should have had. So, um, so he, he, what, he captured the leprechaun when he was a kid. Um, yeah, what, he, what, he, what's he, the rest um, of the film about? So, he, so when he's a kid, he then got three wishes. Um, so he wishes for, you know, wealth and some of the, I can't remember all the wishes now, but he wishes for these three wishes. And the, and the, the leprechaun says, oh, you know, do you want another wish? Have another wish. So he wishes for one more. The leprechaun starts laughing and he says, uh, three wishes I'll grant you, big wishes or small. But if you wish for a fourth, you'll lose them all. And that's the thing. And that's the story that Darby O'Gill keeps telling in the pub. So and he's been constantly like wrecking his mind. What will he do when he captures this uh, leprechaun next time around? So he does it and he captures him, tricks him by keeping him drunk and staying out all night so that the leprechauns mm. don't have any magic in the daytime apparently. The Irish weakness, um, isn't it? Yeah. Is <laughs> this <laughs> the prequel to Leprechaun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he captures the Leprechaun. Um, his first wish is that you can't uh, you can't run away. That's his first wish wasted on him because I need to, I want more time to think about what my next two wishes are going to be. Um, then I can't remember his second wish. The third wish he was about to make his third wish, which is essentially to be wealthy so that he can carry on living in the house that he's in and look after his daughter. But his daughter gets uh, his daughter's pissed off because he's been keeping secrets from her about being kicked out of the house. She goes up the mountain, um, dies in the same way or gets ill the same way her mum did. So she's on a deathbed, and then he uses his last wish to save her. The leprechaun's like, "Oh well, you can't uh, 
someone you know the the there's a basically there's loads of like little irish myths so this um death essentially the death cart is wheeling through you see it the uh, special effects on them are great it's almost like um the negative of the film you know so you've got like it's oh, it's really creepy have a little search when you get a chance for the um the w oh, gill um, uh pony scene and, um, as soon as we're finished, I'm cracking it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty horrific. Um, but anyway, so he, so to, to save his daughter, he has to die. Um, so he says, yeah, take me. I wish I wish to swap places with her. So he gets in the cart, and he's having his little chat with the leprechaun. And then uh, the king of the leprechauns, they're you know, reminiscing about all of the little battles they've had over the years and, you know, how well they get on, like little adversaries. And then um, the leprechaun says, uh, like quite a whole heart, whole heart, uh, hearty Disney end. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I wish I could go the whole way with you. And then Darby says, you know, I wish you could too. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then the leprechaun goes, oh, three wishes, I'll grant you three wishes or small, uh, blah, blah, blah. You'll lose them all. And then what that does is resets everything, basically. So, oh, so he's alive. He doesn't slate. die. He gets kicked out, and then um, he's found. Um, he, he's just found in the middle of the the, the street. Looks like a drunk. That is, that is a classic Disney ah, ending, yeah. isn't it? Classic Disney yeah. So, uh, so everyone everyone survives, and it's all through. But yeah, go on. I think what everybody wants to know is how is Sean Connery's Irish accent? <laughs> it's absolutely all of the accidents in this film are. So all over the place, it's unreal. You've got people with really strong Irish accents. You've got people with just English accents. You've got Sean Connery with his gruff Scottish accent. Um, everyone sings with an American accent. It's um, it's just uh, all over the place. It's so What's Sean Connery's singing voice like? I was really good, actually. Surprisingly good. Um, the, the, the singing was was really well done. You know, it was very much of the time, very fifties, but it was um, but the singing was quite quite good. Do you know what's great? So from doing this film to then The Untouchables in 1987, he had 28 years to work on that. On that. <laughs> <laughs> 28 fucking years. And, uh, yeah. and, and he won an Oscar for The Untouchables. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, 28 Nailed years it. well spent. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so so apparently, I mean, the accents were so bad for the American audience that, that Disney overdubbed it, and that was really frustrating uh, when I went through... To try and find out about it, the people kicking off in ads like they'd put sound bites from their VHS and stuff up, and it, <laughs> it's so so different. Like the accents that have been used in the Disney Plus are terrible. Um, overall, I would never watch this film. Well, <laughs> you know what? I, I probably will watch it again at some point. Again after, <laughs> um, I give it a, the the reviews online are through the roof, like nine and a half out of ten, four and a half stars. Seriously? Yeah, I I would I thought I'd hit I'd struck it lucky. I thought I had the luck of the Irish with me on that one, and uh, genuinely, it was. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So IMDb gives it a seven point two out of ten. Wow. Um, I would give it half of that. I reckon three three point six. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. I've just on IMDb getting the score up for it. Yeah, yeah. The director, bloody Robert, Robert Stevens. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's star, yeah. like the whole thing. There is he is again. There he is again. <laughs> it, it could have been. It could have been. Uh, it, there's there's lots of good bits to it, definitely. But it's uh, it's just you know standard Disney Disney crap. It's it's not on anyone's big list of Disney films. 
and there's a reason why because it's not <laughs> good <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna four out of ten but i'm not entirely sure who will have given it to me because i, I at first i thought maybe it's going to be alex because it's sean connery and then i thought well maybe somebody actually picked it out for alex and then just didn't get him so uh, anyway I'm, I'm torn between alex or dave i think i'm gonna go with alex is giving me this just as a bit okay. of a because we've just done um the rock and, uh, <laughs> and i feel like he wanted, yeah. me, he wanted yeah. me just to, to see you know this is, his, this is his highest rated rated film i think that's the uh, <laughs> this is sean connery's highest Actually, rated i wanted film to i wanted to show you ozzy because you know you might not have seen lots of sean connery films that he's got quite a wide range <laughs> <laughs> okay so just a reminder then uh, all, all the Results are in. Joel, your film, Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. You reckon Austin nominated that for you? My film was Can of Worms. I reckon that Joel nominated it. Dave, yours was The Shaggy DA. You also reckon that Austin nominated it for you. Uh, Alex, your film was The Country Bears. You think that Dave nominated it for you? And Austin, yours was Darby O'Gill and The Little People. And you think that Alex <laughs> nominated it for you? Uh, so everybody's been. No one pick you. Everybody, no. <laughs> everybody, everybody obviously thought that the films they watched were such a high caliber that there's no way that I could pick them. <laughs> okay, so first up, Joel, um, are you happy with your uh, nomination? Um, in terms of who I think nominated it? Yep. Yeah, I mean... If it's you or Alex, I would be very, very surprised because I think <laughs> somebody let me off. And I think it was Austin, just based on the fact that it's an all right film. And I don't think, you know, Ozzy's the type to, to really put somebody in the shit because, you know, he's got a conscience, unlike you two. So. <laughs> let, let's see what you pick for someone, eh, Joel, before we start. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, did you pick uh, Timmy Failure? Mistakes were made. I did pick Timmy trailer. It came up as um, recommended for me. I watched the trailer. It looked a little bit wet. You know what it is? Though? It looked a little bit Wes Anderson esque in terms of. The, oh, Jesus. Uh, in, in, in terms of the, that, uh, the dialogue. So I thought, you know what? This is going to be a film that I think I might enjoy, but Joel won't. So I'll pick it and then let's see if he does or not. I'd probably rather watch it than Wes Anderson, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up was me. I. Uh, mine was kind of worms. I said that Joel nominated it for me. Joel, did you? I did not. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who's Ooh. next, Gavin? You I... going to pick next? Um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 right, okay, but it definitely was Nozzy. As I said before, Dave would have been too kind uh, mm. to nominate that for me, so it's got to be Brucey. Alex, was it you? It wasn't. Dave, <laughs> 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 was it you? <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe of all the films. And when we when we started this challenge, Malcolm right? McDowell. <laughs> that should have been you. Do you know when we started this challenge, right? Uh, Alex came up with the idea, and uh, we said we were going to nominate really bad films for the other person to watch and yeah. Dave was the one who said or we could nominate hidden gems so films that we thought were decent yeah. to see what they all thought so you were the one who, who suggested that some of these films <laughs> might actually be alright and you nominated well, probably the worst one on the list I wanted to give you 
Darby O'Gill and the little people. <laughs> <laughs> but I messaged Winston and he said, I hate to break it there. That one's already been taken. Oh. So, <laughs> so I had to pick again. I was, it was either going to be that or it was going to be the Phantom of the Megaplex. I wanted to go with something with a horror, a horror sci-fi theme for you. But, um, oh. in, and when I found out Malcolm McDowell was in it, I was like, there we go. That's, that's my man. <laughs> You were oh, never going to be given a good film, Gav, after all you've been <laughs> thought, Do you know what I mean? Well, Dave, you, you yeah, had I've... to. Do you know what I mean? You had to pull the trigger on that one, Dave. I've, like, I've got beef. I've got beef here. I've yeah, got yeah, yeah. unresolved issues. Going for years. I did thought, you know, like, there's a lot of it with, uh, with probably years' worth of complaints against me here. <laughs> so, you know, I probably got off lightly. Um, okay, so, Dave, you were next up with Shaggy DA. You thought that Austin nominated the film for you. Obviously, mm. that's not the case. Uh, want to change your mind? It was on my yeah. list. Yeah, my second choice. After Austin, my next choice would have been Joel. It was Joel? me. It was Joel. <laughs> so I, I searched through the list, and there were some there were some crackers. But I thought, you know what, Dave is a dog person, and you know he he would appreciate a film called The Shaggy Dar, as I call it. Um, and, you know, it just looked like a classic and something that Dave would enjoy. So, you know, I was along the right lines thinking it was another dog owner that, that, that nominated this one. Had it, had it been Alex or Gav, I would have gone, you know, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of worms. Yeah. But Dave, I just went just slightly above, like yeah. the scum on top of the. <laughs> I, see, I, knew, I knew it wasn't going to be Gav or Alex, but I had a, I had a suspicion. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of Alex, your film was the Country Bears. You said that it yeah, was so Dave. It Obviously, it that's not Dave. Case. I think by process of elimination, that means it was you, Gav, that gave me <laughs> the Country Bears. Son of a bitch! Yeah, yeah. Well done, well done. It was a good one. My, my uh, process was that you like country music, and also you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> so ruin country music, and um, yeah, yeah, good. Ruin country music, ruin Christopher. <laughs> walking i mean you know i, I mean because I, I originally thought about giving you darby O'Gill and the little people to ruin sean connery but the, he i would say that it's worth watching just to look at christopher walken's performance because he just doesn't care you can just tell he just you know you know sometimes you can see they don't care in films christopher walken just genuinely it's just like they've obviously said, Christopher, can we do that again? And he's just like, no, <laughs> no, we're not doing it again. And like walked off. Like he just clearly doesn't care. Do you think after a day's filming on Country Bears, uh, he went home and looked at his Oscar on the mantelpiece and just like, <laughs> or, like when, he, when he's on the day. phone to like his, uh, you know, his actor friends, they're all like, what are you working on at the moment, Chris? He's like, oh, uh, uh, Country Bears. Uh, be like this, uh, a documentary about some washed up country musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine him on the phone to Robert De Niro and going like, uh, oh, so what are you working on? He's like, oh, well, um, uh, Disney uh, are making a, f- a big blockbuster summer movie out of uh, one of their oldest theme park attractions. And he was like, oh, my God, you're going to be in the Pirates of the Caribbean film. And he's like, no. <laughs> what? what Pirates of the Caribbean film, though? <laughs> I couldn't be in that one because I was making Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> 
could have been worse. It could have been worse. Do you reckon he had a quick look around the parks and saw the haunted mansion? I was like, yeah, I'm in Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I must say, when when the nomination came through and it said that I had to pick for Brucey, I was going through the list and I saw that one. I was like, well, yeah, obviously, I mean, because he loves yeah. country music and he needs to be punished. And uh, I, I, put it, <laughs> I put it on just out of curiosity. Me and Siobhan watched about the first 15 minutes. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. It was really <laughs> bad, but it was funny because it was that bad. You know what I mean, about the animatronics, like the bears, the actual bears <laughs> yeah, themselves. Yeah. Like the initial scene when we're having, like, they're having a jam at a concert, and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, yeah. I know. Oh my god! Because I completely cool. forgot that it's based on a theme park attraction, and I just thought that somebody taken like loads of LSD and written a script. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, I know, I, it does does feel like that, doesn't it? And then just like six months later, they've all come out of it and been like. What? <laughs> We've got one in the can. Like what? Jeez, like, what? This thirty million missing out the bank account. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Austin, uh, you, you were the last one. You uh, were nominated. Darby O'Gill and the little people. You said that Alex nominated before you and yeah. Alex. Well, process of elimination. It was me. It was me. It was. To be fair, Ozzy, it was nothing personal. I I knew I was going to give this to literally anyone I got given. <laughs> so, so as soon as I saw it, I uh, when he gave when he told me who it was, and I pinged it back. So I felt I felt bad when I saw your face come up. <laughs> but, but you did it. Anyway. I still did it. I still did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it, it could have been worse. It could have been longer. Oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, well th thank you very much, everybody. Uh, it's, a, it's a good good show. Um, yes, yeah, so I just want to say thanks to everybody for, for listening. Don't forget to check out our regular show, Films on Trial, on any podcasting platform. And like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media, at Film Trials on Twitter and Films on Trial on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this challenge, stick around because we're thinking about doing a few more. If you've got any suggestions for any similar challenges that we could do in the future, why don't you let us know by sending us a DM on on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening and we will be in your ears soon with some regular content. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>